Hello there, friends. It has been quite the week for Mandy and I. We are both so glad to be here instead of some other places we could be right now. <laughs> Welcome to the Find Your Friends podcast. I'm so glad to be found today. You just don't even know, friend. I'm glad you found me. I'm glad we're here. I'm Katie. And I'm Mandy. And we are, we've got a great week. We've got so much. I'm telling you. I have to like clean up the show notes because before <laughs> I print them, because they are fun. <laughs> I can't wait to see what we, we get into today. Um, <laughs> Mandy's got some stuff in here. I'm like, all right. So why don't you start us off, Mandy? You got a great list of things to discuss. Okay. Well, first on my list, uh, <laughs> that I wanted to talk about this week are game day overalls and y'all I'm just coming at you as a Vanderbilt fan who has been subjected yeah. to the god-awful checkerboard orange and white overalls of the University of Tennessee for years and I just want to tell y'all this is not something that we should be emulating I have since seen some black and white striped overalls coming out of Athens um I think those are the only ones I've actually seen out in the wild but for sale I have seen many yeah. teams and I'm just gonna say that's that's not something we want to do it is not a good look it's not flattering first of all it's not a flattering cut of a piece of clothing it is meant for comfort and not for um being on tv and it's not a persona, I think, that you really want to put forward yeah. for your school and or your alma mater. True. I remember, and I think this still does happen, especially at places like the Ole Miss. Like, we dressed <laughs> up. Oh, when Mercer first got their football team back, which we just had a bunch of time hops on it, I think. Was it 10 years ago? Now? I think so, yep. yeah. Oh That's my gosh, it's right. crazy. But we, uh, you know, we all came back and went to the first football game um and decided that that's what we were going to do we were going to dress for football games sure now of course then we remembered what it felt like in macon georgia uh, at the beginning of september hotter and than the hinges on hottest hair. place on the face of the earth but yeah. um and since i have been back like every time i go to a football game like we're not wearing you know cut off overalls. Jeans or overalls you're not wearing overalls ma'am no nor will i ever wear a pair of orange overalls no. you, mm. like from anthropology maybe but i ain't wearing those ugly no. game day overalls nor should we make it a thing and when they're orange like that it just looks Ugh. like an inmate especially Ugh. then you add the stripes it's just not a cute look and i don't know why of all the things out there in college football of all the traditions right that is the one that's spreading around everywhere i mean i, I mean, like the texas a&m like kiss them every time there's a score i would love to kiss a bunch of boys every time auburn scored right um you know Here there's you a do. thousand things you can do there, i'm sure there are even some good things about you too that people would need to emulate right. like, i don't know what they are right but i'm sure they're out there pick something besides those overalls y'all they are right awful anyway i had some go get things. a bird dog or something don't want um, or a basset hound whatever they right, have right yeah so the overalls are not a yeah i'm not feeling the overalls um okay. and then the, uh, the another lovely thing i thought we might want to talk about is this poor person oh who had diarrhea on the plane y'all to the point where they had to stop it i mean i feel really bad for all the passengers on the plane yes. who were inconvenienced and the plane had to turn so y'all haven't heard some <laughs> poor soul had diarrhea walking down the aisle of the plane all the way down the aisle and it was so bad that they had to turn around they were like mid-flight and had to turn around and go back because it was a biohazard so yeah everybody's been talking about these poor people on the plane i feel sorry for the person who yeah. had the diarrhea the humiliation first of all and the illness that you have to have how bad does your stomach have to hurt 
to not be able to make it and to have to leave a trail all the way down the aisle a trail can you imagine I would be it's, so mortified. It would be awful. Dak Shepard talks about on uh, he tells a story in several episodes of the Armchair Expert podcast mm-hmm. about when he went um, to Afghanistan um, and you know like entertained the troops with the USO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went. He says he went hard at a salad bar in Fallujah and Bradley Cooper was with him and looked at him and was like, really dude, you're going hard on the salad bar. And he got food poisoning on a flight from Fallujah to New York. And then also had to go on to LA from New York. And he tells a story about how the guy who was sitting on the aisle wouldn't trade seats with him. So he kept having to climb over that guy. He never... He never had an accident in the aisle, but he very well could have. Yeah. And I feel sure that Dax is quite sympathetic for the poor person who pooped all the way down the aisle of the Delta jet. I was listening to Smartless and Rose Byrne, who I adore, mm-hmm. Bridesmaids. She's in um, a couple things on Apple. Fit, um, anyway, I'll, she's great. I love Rose Byrne. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got food poisoning mid-flight from the in-flight food between new york and la and like spent half the flight vomiting in the latrine i'm sorry there is just other than a porta potty at the end of a long day at a regatta yeah i can't think of a worse but at a regatta Uh, how how bougie do i sound that's about the Um, same do i have to put my pinky up ma'am yeah yes they have porta potties at regattas um they're not nearly as fancy as they sound but anyway other than that i can't think of a worse place to have food oh oh food poisoning than in a plane i just oh so bad so anyway i just felt real bad for that person i feel terrible for that person um and then the whole Murdoch were you into the whole Murdoch thing yes can we talk about this from um I want your lawyer opinion this is why I love that we do this because I get your lawyer opinion on this clerk of the court first of all here's my first question well do us do a summary and then I'll ask my question because I have questions so Alec Murdoch which is not at all how you think his name is pronounced when you see it written, but that's right. how he pronounces it. Alec Murdoch was convicted of murdering his wife and his son back in the spring. And his lawyers came out yesterday and asked for that conviction to be overturned and for there to be a new trial because they allege that the clerk of the court spoke to a couple of the jurors. Um, and i think specifically told them not to believe what he says that he would lie to them i think i haven't i haven't done a deep dive but that's sort of what my understanding of things are so they have filed a motion to have everything turned everything overturned Mm -hmm. and a new trial to be had so not only that they have turned becky hill that's her name over to the f of the bi to the feds the clerk that's i mean that's it's a it she could be like in the pen with him yeah yeah so so what the clerk of the court and and this is where my question is like i have been in jury duty before i knew in bibb county very well diane the clerk of the court who lived in our little neighborhood that we were just (laughs) talking about Uh uh-huh Diane was great, very professional. Like she was top notch, would mm-hmm. never have done anything remotely like this. Mm-hmm. But anytime mm-hmm. I was ever on jury duty, like she did not have access to people one on one. So that was my question. At what point would she have been alone with these people to, to say all this? Right. So you know the clerk is typically an elected position and at least in georgia and florida Mm -hmm. i don't know about south carolina um and then they have a whole office it's quite often a clerk is a woman um 
mm-hmm. many, like every clerk of court I've ever, I think the clerk of court down here is actually a man, but every other one I've ever That's dealt because with. Because we're organized woman. and can run the right? world better than anybody. And um, <clears throat> the office is often quite filled exclusively uh, by women. Yeah. So it's a lot of women you're dealing with. So if I say she, that's probably why I'm saying that. But yeah. Um, so there are clerk, different clerks assigned to different areas because the clerk is over everything, criminal, civil, real estate, domestic, like all of that. And so obviously employs a lot of people to help sort of fulfill those tasks. I, I mean, I've tried cases. I've been on jury duty. I've never in any of those situations laid eyes on the actual clerk um as you know part of doing my job um now true this is a very small town and so i would imagine that her office is probably smaller than even bibb county um so so she might have been a little more hands-on than a typical clerk yeah. and I, I could foresee a situation where you know this was a big deal trial yeah. and so she's probably going to want to be overseeing everything and making sure it's done right and she's sort of you know the clerk's office is sort of the facilitator of the juror jury process like they send out the notices and all that sort of thing so she's almost sort of the liaison mm-hmm. um for the jurors and so because of the size of the county and the the size of the trial it could be that she was more sort of face to face with these jurors yeah um but i you know those people are so professional and they are so careful to not step out of bounds Mm -hmm. and i mean like like when I'm trying a case, I'm I'm the nicest I have can can possibly be everywhere I go in public for like the week I'm trying a case because right. you don't know where there's a juror. Yep. I don't talk about anything. Like we zip it, like we don't let our clients speak at all, like walking out of the court. Like we're like, do not talk about it until we get back to the office. Yeah. Um, like we are just so careful around all that sort of thing. And I can imagine it's the same for the clerk. So you know, I don't know. I just have a, and given the history of the trial and how much flexibility mm-hmm. those, the Alec Murdoch's lawyers took with the truth a lot of times, then, you know, you have to consider the source. There's a jury instruction in Georgia that, I mean, basically says you consider the source. Yeah. And so I think, you know, you have to look at it sort of with a skeptical eye. Um, I was reading something that they don't have the way they came about this information is that they kept going to the jurors houses on the weekends and knocking on the door to try to interview them about the process. Great way to get shot in South Georgia. Right. And, uh, so that they, um, that's how they had gotten the information, but the, apparently i don't know i saw some reference to there being three affidavits and that one of the affidavits wasn't even from the juror that had supposedly given them that information it was from an employee of harputlian's firm who was saying what the juror had said to her so you know it just feels like i don't know if those allegations are true then absolutely he deserves a new trial sure well Um, i think what you said really resonated that, you know, even with in my limited knowledge and what I had to do in Bibb County, I was called for a capital murder trial. Don't oh, be jealous. Oh. Twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. I wasn't picked for either jury, but one of mm. them was out of Savannah and they were coming up to make it to get the um, jury out of Bibb County. Mm-hmm. and the other one i was in college that's a great story i'll tell that story on here sometime <clears throat> but that is the only time i ever saw diane in her work setting was like a high profile and even mm-hmm. then she was like up front you know she was not with us individually we were always in a big group she never spoke anything but instructions right 
And that that was what, well, and you, you know, those lawyers, if you're, my only thought was she was victimized by Alec Murdoch for so long that she was going to do anything in her power to get him to go to prison because he's a crazy. And that might be true, you know, that might be true. I hope not. I hope she has, you know, she has written a book. Oh, she wrote a book and got it published. So, I mean, she has, you know, maybe that's why he's off of this. Yeah. Um, I don't so, know. You know, she could be suspect as well. It is just fascinating to me. This case. It, I mean, it's always so sad. First of all, you kill your own kid. That's a whole nother level of wacko. Mm-hmm. So, so sad. It really, it, it's just the worst. Yeah. Yeah. The worst. Um, Okay, and then I'll wrap up my segment on a happier note. Yeah, thank you for explaining that, though. I always love your perspective yeah. on those kind of things. Absolutely. We'll keep I save up all my questions for the podcast. <laughs> oh, so, okay, so our baseball player of the week. Ooh. Are we ready? Um, This one feels like something someone's, like, everybody knows. I feel like most of our listeners are probably in Braves country. And so, mm-hmm. of course, we all know Ronald Acuna Jr. Love him. Gosh, but listen. The week he had, it just has to be Ronald Acuna Jr. So in our last episode, we talked about the men who had jumped out and ran onto the field trying yes. to get a selfie with him. And that Kevin Pillar said they looked like they had seen the Venezuelan Jesus. Um, so that was like on, we recorded on Wednesday. So that had probably happened Tuesday night. Yeah, Monday or Tuesday night, I don't remember. So uh, fast forward Thursday. So they Wednesday night they flew from Colorado to LA. Thursday morning, Ronald married his longtime girlfriend. Love it. <laughs> Her visa was about to expire, and so he didn't. And so, which meant she would have to leave, take their kids, and be gone for three months. And he didn't want that to happen. He wanted them to be here. Um, and they were planning on getting married in the off season. So he apparently called his manager and said, "Hey, can you?" arrange a wedding for us thursday morning and they look so cute and so happy yeah so they got married thursday morning and then thursday night they go and play in the dodgers which was a huge game because they're like the top two teams in the nl and we have a very hard time beating the dodgers at home like we hadn't won a series a season series with the dodgers in 10 years Mm. and it was going to be the mookie our buddy mookie Best friend of Francesca, uh, the baby Francesca. In fact, I think Francesca must have been a good luck charm for Mookie because shortly after Francesca Mookie was born, Mookie Mookie went off the month of August. He was insane. He had like 51 hits in the month, uh, batting 450, like just killing it. He went off. So that had really hyped up the MVP talk. Was it really going to be Acuna who had been deemed to have a lock on it all season or was Mookie overtaken? And when they were going in to start this series, like Mookie had sort of in Vegas, Mookie was like the bet to. Yeah. So there was all this hype about this game. Well, honey, Acuna comes in and I think it was his second at bat hits a grand slam. Thank you very much. How you doing? proceeded to just continue to go off he met he hit the i think it was the third farthest ball home run ever hit since Statcast started keep it maybe fourth but like since Statcast started Love like it. he showed up mookie was like tit for tat that first night he hit two home runs as well but then he went over seven the next two games came back and did well in the fourth game but the braves took three out of four they won the series they have now won the season series with the dodgers for the first time in 10 years Love it. like it was a statement and it really and truly part of why mookie was above ronald in the um mvp is because there's the stat called war which is wins above replacement. Mm. I can't tell you exactly how they calculate it, but I can tell you it it incorporates defense as well as offense and Mm -hmm. whatever these numbers are. And uh, Ronald's defense is always a little lower. Now Mookie plays, he can play three different positions. He he plays all over the field. 
shortstop and second yeah. base. So that helps that, you know, he gets credit for that. But, oh, and the, sorry, the grand slam that Ronald hit may put, was record breaking because he's the first person to ever hit 30 home runs and steal 60 bases in one season. So that, that doesn't scream MVP. Right. And he did it with a grand slam the day Look, he got married. Are my you kidding me? favorite part of that whole day was Freddie Freeman's face. <laughs> when he hit that home run, there's a shot of Freddie Freeman turn around looking at that and you know in his head he was like i wish i was still a brave <laughs> poor freddie oh and that was sort of so part of what ronald gets why mookie's war is higher than ronald's is because of the defensive statistics but yeah. i think ronald didn't get a fair shot now when ronald first got called up he got called up to the bigs in 2018 and he was the rookie of the year and he did he you know he was a, the youngest uh, I think he was the youngest player to ever be called up to play in the major leagues when Love he got it. called up. Like he was a baby and he was a kid and he, yeah. you know, he, an athlete, a very good athlete. I don't know if y'all really very good athletes, but a lot of times they don't listen real well. They kind of hmm. know it all. Hmm. Um, and he had some growing up to do. He, there were a lot, there were several issues of him not running out like he'd get a hit and he'd think it was a homer and he'd watch it instead of running and then it would end up he would just you know end up at first instead of having a double yeah that happened several times and you know freddie was the guy on the team who had to say like listen you need to run that out like yeah. you know so freddie was sort of a an authority figure to him so they didn't always get along real well um i think they're fine now lots of people like to act like there's a lot of drama but um, I think Ronald has really grown up a lot and he has, his strikeout rate has gone way down this year. Um, he, he has played every game this year. He has made some spectacular catches. Um, you never see him not run out. Well, that's not true. Sometimes he, if he knows he's about to be out, then he's not flying down to first base, but you know what? That's okay. That um, is fine. Yeah, exactly. So um it's just been fun i was just it was just a good week and part of it was for you know watching freddie watch mm -hmm. him they freddie came and brought him a base um and yeah i saw that that you know since he made had the stolen base um record breaking home run stolen base thing so they gave him a base to commemorate it and so freddie sweet. presented it and then there was another really funny picture of freddie mm -hmm. he was i can't remember if it was a home run i think it must it had to have been a home run or freddie would have been on first but it it wasn't the one where Freddie's standing there with his arms crossed, like looking, but he's yeah. like shooting Ronald like a funny look, and Ronald's yeah. looking at him as he runs by. So <laughs> you know, it's just fun to see how much he's grown and mm -hmm. matured. And, and I'm sure Freddie was like, "I told you, uh -huh. you just That's calm right. down, buddy." Right, right. So, I love it. Yeah. So I know that's kind of obvious. And everybody knows Ronnie, but oh, I always so cute. I just love does his story is you know yeah. it's one thing to watch him play, but you know me, I'm all about the story. Well, and in all the like compilation videos that you see of like guys goofing off on the field and having fun in the dugout, he is front and center. Yeah, he just yeah. loves the game, and he loves having fun with his friends, and he just enjoys it, and that's always fun to watch. So yeah. I'm a yeah. big fan. Well, that's our player of the week. Well, thank you, Mandy. Yeah. I love that. I kind of knew that one was coming when I saw he <laughs> broke that record, but I'm really glad that you told us about that. I tried to think of something else, but I could like, it was just, how could you go with anybody else? Yeah, I get it. Um, okay. So on the football yeah. side of things. <laughs> I mean, I wish I thought the overalls were the worst thing I saw <laughs> Saturday. If that was the worst thing I saw, I would be thrilled. However, comma. <laughs> College yeah. game day. So my Saturdays in the fall as a good Southern girl look like this. I get up, make a pot of coffee, make something fun for breakfast sometimes. And sit and enjoy college game day. They have great stories, which you know we love. And I'm going to talk about one of them that they told this um, week a little bit further and my thoughts on it. 
But y'all, what the heck have they done to game day? <laughs> okay, so I understand that Disney owns ESPN. And Disney did a really bad thing and gave the CEO spot to somebody that had no business being their CEO. And he kind of ran the whole company into the ground. And they're correcting. And they lost a lot of money because of that. And I get it. And there is a really long list of people that ESPN fired. But David Pollock on game day. So they fired David, who is a Georgia Bulldog, but I still really like him. I turn my nose up a little bit when I say Georgia Bulldog, but I like him. <laughs> He's a very relatable fella. They did a segment where fans from North and South Carolina put Oreos on their foreheads and had to race to scooch them down their foreheads into their mouths without touching them. Insert head tilt here. What? Wow. In the world. You, you don't know your audience. <laughs> I was like, we fired David for that? For some Oreos? That somebody went to the probably the CBS in Charlotte to buy? Come on. Come on. What? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, they I'm very upset with them about that. I'm also very upset with them for trotting out Lee Corso. <laughs> it's sad. It is just the saddest it's little like thing. It's like Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein. And like Joe Biden, I'm sorry, but he does the same thing. <laughs> they not, don't, their families know. need to protect them. They are elderly. They are a protected class. It is elder abuse at this point. Uh -huh. A man cannot form three words in a row, much less it's, a sentence. It's sad. It really is sad. And I love Lee Corso. Mm -hmm. I love him. Let him come out at the very end and put something on his head. But don't like trot him out the whole like he really He does he hadn't I mean it's been no I didn't watch game day. Oh. Um, but I even years ago when I did religiously get up and watch yeah. game day every Saturday, he was already like it was already uncomfortable. Well, it's not gotten better. Yeah. Oh. I can imagine that it has. And yeah. I, I feel that way about all the old people. Like I think you know, I've said the same thing about Mitch McConnell. Somebody call 911 next time that man freezes. Right. That is a medical emergency. Right. And, you know, I felt that way about Vern. They finally got him to retire. He didn't even know what team he was looking at half the time. I mean, Vern. <laughs> so, I mean, it's time. It's time. Let Lee, you know, even let him just stay at home like they did during the pandemic. Right. That's what I was going to say. And let yeah. his little grandson come on there and hand him the headgear. Right. It'll be precious. Right. Yeah, right. That'd be but great. He fired David Pollock. Yeah. Who's younger than us. Yeah. And let's not even talk about Pat McAfee. <laughs> I mean, I like him to a point. And I realize he's their new golden child that's going to save ESPN, but. Jeez Louise. Woo. All right. So <laughs> after that, then I switched over to Fox to watch one of the best games I've seen in a very long time, Colorado TCU. Let me tell you what, Fox, I need you to get Canva and I need <laughs> you to get the elite executive version because your graphics look like a five-year-old scribbled the names of the crayon oh no it is hilariously painful to watch <laughs> they're so busy that you it's distracting and they literally look like a five-year-old did it is it the tiktok era that's taken over the oreos and the graphics oh, is that what it is have we just lost all sense? Of... I mean, next to, I don't know what game is on Fox this week, but you don't have to watch the whole game. Just turn it on and look at the graphics and you will understand. I was like, what have we done? <laughs> but that was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. It was real close. We talk about a story. I love a story. I heard today. Neon, uh, neon. 
Prime, Dion, Neon Dion was on some, probably the Pat McAfee show talking about his son who went to a clinic with the guy that is now the TCU defensive or offensive coordinator. And the guy wouldn't even barely look at him or talk to him. He ignored him the whole clinic. And he said, we remember. <laughs> and they came out and they remembered. They did remember. They remembered right up and down the field, right over that guy. Right. They remembered. I saw they were both wearing uh, the same cleats that he wore when he played. That was nice. Very sweet. I'm I'm all in on Coach Prime. I picked Colorado in my little pools, so I'm I'm glad I did. Well, good job. Yep. Good yep. Job. Yep. My color coded spreadsheets and everything. So good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I need y'all to go watch Fox for like five seconds and look at their graphics and just laugh. Okay. Hilarious. We'll do. We'll do. Um, the one story that really just caught my attention, um, Saturday was about the May boys, M-A-Y-E. They're this big UNC family. And of course, um, Drake May is the current quarterback at UNC and they beat the stew out of South Carolina. But they did a story about the whole family and y'all, this mama, I don't know how she survived this household. But these boys are gigantic men, all of them. I mean, they had they had to have destroyed the house. <laughs> I don't know how she kept her sanity. But she's got the oldest Luke May, who's like this UNC basketball star. They won the national championship his senior year. And there's this famous shot that he took that's all over the internet. I didn't know it was Luke May, but it's Luke May. And then Bo May is the next brother. By the way, these names are so Southern <laughs> that they're just the best. Talk about names. Bo May, B-E-A-U, by the way, like Beauregard. Bo May was a walk-on basketball player after his brother. Um, he, they may have been on the same team uh, that senior year. Cole May defected. And went south and played baseball at Florida the year they won the national championship. And now Drake May <laughs> is Luke, this really Luke, good no, great game at UNC and beat the stew out of South Carolina. Could you imagine growing up in that house and what it was like? Think of how much food she had to buy. Seriously. That woman deserves sainthood. She does. Every Mother's Day better be this ginormous celebration. Right. That she survived it and didn't kill them. The laundry. Yes. The food. The holes in the wall. The holes in the wall. You the tennis imagine. shoes everywhere. Oh I mean, my gosh. Yeah. No. That woman. And that's all I kept thinking. The story was about they like. The boys went out and played golf and they showed how competitive they are. And I'm sure they are. But like the whole time I kept going, what about their mama? <laughs> what about their mama? By yeah. the way, it's Luke, Bo, Cole, and Drake. You say them all together. There you go. That just cracked me up too. Thought so this sounds like a really um, good like frat house. I was thinking if we had ever had a soap opera that was set in like Charleston. There we go. Yep. Especially That's that bow, B-E-A-U bow. Drake. Drake's a real good soap Drake. opera. And they're all cute as a button. Well, of course they are, Katie. I mean, cute as a button. It was so funny too. They were like, and then that Cole, he went down to Florida. Because <laughs> she... He played, so the daddy was a quarterback at UNC as well back in the day. And she was something. She played something, maybe. I don't know. They're just very athletic, very UNC. But I just kept screaming at the TV, tell us about how their mama survived all that. Really? Yep. So That's I didn't true. do a lot of fun stuff for Labor Day, but I did do my normal Sunday routine. After church, I went to the grocery store. Mandy, and guess what I found? I sent you a picture. Well, I, I believe I know. I know what you found because you texted me a picture. I, I started to request that you purchase me some blackberry. Look, I could send it to you. Canadian Club is back. I don't know why. 
uh, or Canadian mint. Delicious. It? Yeah, it is good. It's really good. It's really good. Delicious. But you know what else I saw that combined with that Canadian drink makes me really concerned is that they're the GC sweatpants are back with the GC glitter on the butt. Those are back in fashion on, on the racks right now. I'm gonna pass on those, but that Canadian club for those of y'all who may not uh, remember, they are remember they were in a taller glass yep. bottle that was thin yep. at the top and bulbous at the bottom, and it was sort of like the first sparkling water yep. that I ever remember. Oh, I feel like they sold it at Panera when Panera first opened. I mean, I think you know it. It sums up the nineties. Yeah. And I'm fine with the Canadian club being back, but the GC and yeah, the Canadian, like I'm worried that scrunchies and things are next. Well, scrunchies apparently have been I back. I, I think know. they may have already rotated out again. I'm just worried. I don't. There were some I'm, really I'm, unfortunate things in the nineties that I I'm don't really want to worried come back. for the young girls who are going to be wearing mom jeans mm -hmm. because they're going to waste their youth yep. on some pleated pants like we did. And yep. that's just unfortunate. And so the sparkly juicy on the butt. I was like, yeah, it's either one extreme or the other. Either don't look at me at all, don't notice me. I have no right. form, or my ass is juicy. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I like right there on the, I'm, I was like, no, tell yeah. me that's a throwback picture. Nope. On the racks. Listen, get off my lawn, please. And give me a Canadian Club water blackberry. I'll send you some. While you do it. They were at Publix. You may be able to find them. If you can, I'll say, I will legit send you some. I feel like I can probably order them somewhere. If I, need well, to. I, would, I would do that for you. I know you would. But I, I mean, there's some things in the 90s I would love to come back. I would love to not have cell phones everywhere that recorded everything. Or listen, but I think that should Bring back sale. a pager. Bring oh. back a pager. Sorry, I right. couldn't call Is you back. Is yeah. this hotel pager friendly? <laughs> Bring it back. Bring back a bag phone. Heck, I had a bag phone. Right? Yeah. I'd be <sighs> yeah. fine with that. The Juicy Shorts and Canadian Club are mm -hmm. back. Okay. Woohoo. Well, all right, are we ready to talk about my favorites? I cannot wait to hear about your favorites because some of these things I have no idea what you're talking about, so I can't wait <laughs> to hear what is going on on the fourth line. But I am so excited about the rest <laughs> of them too. And the first one makes me so happy. I do it all the time. I love them so much. And I love that you put them on the list because this is why we are friends. <laughs> Okay, so the first oh. one is slow roasted tomatoes. Best, the best. So I do them anytime. So when you buy, you know, we all buy all the produce every week that then rots, right? Yep. The well, good news is that pint of cherry tomatoes that is going bad and leaking out of the bottom of the container. Throw out the leaky ones, but in that container are some that are not leaky. And all you have to do is throw them on a sheet pan drizzle them with a good bit of olive oil i use a good bit of olive oil um and then some dried oregano or basil or whatever a couple of garlic cloves if you have them if you don't don't worry about it um put them in your oven on like 250 for hours like walk away leave it it's fine they will eventually you know get sort of wrinkly mm, um but like it just constantly <laughs> just concentrates that tomato flavor so then when they're done you literally just pour the olive oil everything into your little jar i mean i, I keep at least one little mason jar full of roasted tomatoes Cover, put enough olive oil in the jar with them to cover them and then you put them in the fridge and they will last for months so i am okay so i'm gonna need you to write down instructions okay because i'm gonna do that today and then i'll put them in the show notes too okay I know it's not hard, but like, yeah, well, I'm right blonde headed. Well, whatever. And I will skip a step. <laughs> like, oh, I was supposed to add XYZ. But that's the beauty of it. It doesn't matter if you forget to add XYZ because yeah. they're still good. Um, but yeah, no, I'll do that. And then, yes. what, so then what do you do with them? You may ask. Here's what I, I do. Would, so mm. the, the next time you're at Trader Joe's, or if you don't have a Trader Joe's like me, 
perhaps your grocery store sells frozen naan. Mm. Trader Joe's has the roasted garlic frozen naan. Get you a pack of that. Mm, here I am your... trying not to eat bread. Now I got to go back to Trader Joe's and get naan. <laughs> Put it in your toaster oven. With those, if you're pulling the tomatoes out of the refrigerator go ahead and put them on while you're toasting your naan and then pull it out get you some burrata mm. or some mozzarella or some ricotta whatever strikes your fancy put that on top a little fresh basil if you want to you don't have to do any of that there you go that's one thing i do with them if you're making i like a lot of times i'll make like really good grits and mix in some of those slow roasted tomatoes with it. the front door. Some greens in there with that if you mm. want to. Some bacon. Put, a, put you a fried egg or a poached egg on top. That's a lovely weekend breakfast. Or you can have it with like a side of shrimp or fish if you're doing that. That's really nice. Um scrambled eggs just regular old scrambled eggs throw them in there you can put them on a salad listen but i ate a lot of chicken on this new food journey that i'm on just put them on over your chicken add some mozzarella or some whatever they're also really really good with goat cheese (gasps) you like just get a baguette and some goat cheese and those tomatoes or cucumbers you could do yes, that with a cucumber. cucumbers yes trying to be good yes, Katie, yes, yes i'm trying look i'm trying it's hard you started this after i had finished whole 30 so now i'm like give me all the bread yeah i um, love that yeah that's so i took them actually when we uh when i went to st simon's in january i took some with me because i knew birch was going to be having some people over before we went to the oyster roast and everybody was like oh my god what did you? i'm like y'all this is so easy are yeah. you kidding so I love that. Great I love hostess easy. gift. Yep. Love it. Christmas. And gift. at Christmas, at Christmas time, you keep them out these. with that goat cheese uh, and just like pour them over your goat cheese and then sprinkle some basil over them. And you have a red and green appetizer that was so easy. Love. Listen. So had to love. add those in there. Slow roasted okay. tomatoes. The next two things are television related because i've been yep. sick so i've been watching a lot of tv um the untold mm-hmm. documentaries on netflix so the first one i watched was the um oh gosh what's that kid's name from uh notre dame that faked his girlfriend oh yeah um man type talking and i'll i'll google it okay that's so the first one i watched was about him and it was really good it was really good yeah 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 and so since then i have watched a couple more they did they did was it did they do the johnny menzel one yes. or was that okay that so was johnny so menzel, good. Which was good i would have liked for that one to go on longer like extend further in his life mm-hmm. i would like to know more about what he's doing now i'm yes. not sure they could because i'm not sure he's well, still I think really the opening me. scene shows you what he's doing yeah, yeah. so um but they're mostly sort of sports are they all sports related yeah he is smoking a lot of weed um yes oh yes they are but related really different like sailing some of them i mean it's not all like yeah typical southern football the one i was most recently watching um was it's called hall of shame and it's about the balco um yes so they have the guy who started balco yes and they do, they interview uh, a guy who was set the world record. He was a world record sprinter and he won the gold medal. Um, can't remember if it was in Athens or in 20, 2004. Anyway. Um, Man by the way. Man Tateo. Yeah. Um, I had to turn it off to go watch baseball right when he just won the gold medal and it's about you know it's about to get taken away but that one made me so sad because it was the olympics and i remember Marion they jones did, they didn't remember Marion jones? jones but she made i was so disappointed yeah i mean i should have seen it coming but i was so disappointed i remember that was right when i first started getting obsessed with the olympics and then here she was and they had to take it away because she was doing these roids and it just 
devastated me. Yeah. Yeah. So I hadn't finished it, but all of those have been really good. So any, I would yes. recommend, you know, th- I know there's one on Tim Tebow. I well, okay. So I've got feelings on that one. The four, it's a four part series about Florida and you know, it's not going to be the full and whole truth. If urban Meyer is sitting in the swamp interviewed for it, cause you know, oh he God. wouldn't go in there if he was, they were going to ask him the hard questions. So they don't nor, talk about nor has he ever just sat in the swamp. I know. They 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 don't it's good, but they don't they they don't mention Hernandez except like once in passing uh-uh. and not about like the thing. Yeah. They don't mention the twins except in passing. So all the hard stuff, all the yeah. stuff about Urban himself is not even in there. Okay. So that's the only one where I feel like they pulled some punches. The okay. rest of them, like they gave Johnny Manziel, they didn't hold back. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, watch it. I think it's worth watching if you're a college football fan. But just know that they don't they don't talk about half of what they should okay. talk about. Um. Well, in contrast to that, so my next one is um True South, which is on the SEC network. Um. It is hosted and produced and was created by John T. Edge. Who I love. John T. grew up in Jones County, Georgia, but he ended up in Oxford at Ole Miss. Yeah. He um he was in, and I think I, this may I think this is right. Um he was in the very first Southern Studies major. Yeah, class. So the year they created that major, because my friend Birch's husband Jim was in that same class with John T. Um, and John said so the Southern Studies major is just that; it's a study of the South, mm-hmm. and you can kind of take that degree and run with it in lots of different ways. John T. took it, and it, Jim, Jim's always like, "Man, I just became a lawyer. Look at what John T. did. John T. has degree. done very well with that degree." So John T's written several books, but he started the Southern Foodways um, Alliance, which Alliance. D- I adore. So it, it, it started when he was there as a project where he went around Mississippi interviewing people who did like sort of traditional food. So like mm-hmm. in Mississippi, they have a lot of tamales. Mm-hmm. So he went and interviewed all these people to find out how they started, how this tradition started, right. how they learned to do it, that sort of thing. Um, and so that's sort of how, that was the kernel that started. But now it's like they have a symposium in Oxford every um, October where they invite people in. Um, Which now got that's podcast. on my bucket list. Oh yeah. Listen, they've got a podcast called Gravy, which is great. Um, they used to have this glorious app where it was, it would follow you. Like the first time I ever drove the Natchez Trace Parkway, I would pull up that app and it would show you on a map what was close to you food wise. So like I'm driving, I'm driving in Mississippi. I'm currently following gravy as we speak. That's what I'm doing. Yep. There you go. Um, so like, yeah, you're driving and you want to like, where can I go? Where should I eat in this Nowhereville, Mississippi? Well, it would give you four different places that are amazing. The app I wish is- I'd had that when I was traveling the country doing lizard business. Yeah. I mean, it was great, but it's defunct. It doesn't, it doesn't no longer. Somebody needs to re, re- uh, yes. ignite that. John T. Um, needs to step so anyway, up. so they've just done really, really amazing things. Now I will say John T. has been problematic. Um, and I think he has announced his resignation as the director of the um, of the alliance, like coming up. He's still going to be in, in, involved. But mm-hmm. part of the criticism of him has been, yes, he has highlighted a lot of traditional black purveyors and mm-hmm. servers and restaurant owners and, you know, great people. But he has never had any people of color or and I don't think any women um who have actually been on the board you know like really i volunteer as tribute right so it, i will say now and he you know he acknowledged that and admitted that and has yeah. worked on that to his Good. credit but but just to be fair there are yeah. there's a lot of criticism of him out there because of that and i did find it so so true south is a show he does with my boyfriend 
Wright Thompson. If you're not familiar with Wright Thompson, I would encourage you to Google him and read everything he has ever written. He is glorious. He is one of my favorite writers in the world. Okay. I know who he is, but I have not read every word he's ever written. So uh -huh. I'll add that to my list. To get on that, because it's all fabulous. His his essay about the masters and his father will make you cry big old alligator tears. Where does he um, write? Does he write in Garden and Gun? He may have. He, he is employed... Um, most often by ESPN. Like, I think he's an ESPN writer. Okay, um, that's where I, I've seen him around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done a couple of podcasts, too, which are really good. Um, So Google Wright Thompson and follow okay. all his podcasts. He is my boyfriend. I'm going to add that on here because I want to make sure I put it in the show notes, ma'am. Yes. Well, he doesn't it's know he's my boyfriend, and he's also happily married to a woman who appears to be quite lovely named Sonia, and they have two of the most adorable children he uh i assume it's w-r-i-g-h-t right you were correct okay um he narrated uh when jason isbel released his latest album right narrated like the trailer okay there, i mean like could he check more of my boxes no Name. he could not he wrote a book most recently called pappy land which is about bourbon in Kentucky and which family is my, business. I love a bourbon. Listen, Wright Thompson is my boyfriend. Okay. Um. So anyway, he and John T both live in Oxford. The neighbors, we could adopt him as brothers. <laughs> so they came up with this show idea, True South. It airs on the SEC network. I need to record it. You do. That's so. That's been. I haven't seen every episode of it. Um. Because of that, like it. it it's, it's so like, obscure. Right um i have subscribed to espn plus so i've been like catching up on them y'all they are so good the idea is they pick four restaurants to go to every episode um in this in the same sort of area in the same right. town or the same area or whatever but they go to places like i was watching one last night they were in I think it's Hodgenville, Kentucky, which is where uh, Abraham Lincoln grew up. And they profiled this restaurant called Lehays, which is a burger restaurant on the square. And the focus of the story was Miss May Owens, who has worked the griddle at Lehays. That's for what 40 I live years. for. And when I tell y'all, and I don't know if this will resonate with anybody else, but my nanny used to hold an onion in her hand and she would use a little paring knife to peel the onion and then hold that onion in her hand and chop it with that paring knife that's how she cut an onion i did that's how i cut an onion until that's... i started watching watching the food network but it had not occurred to me hey jenny Oh, it had not occurred to me. Like I had forgotten that. And I remember when, my, when she started getting arthritis in her hands. She couldn't hold it. And so I bought her a cutting board and a big chef's knife. So uh -huh. and you should cut it here. Here's how Emerald cuts an onion. You can cut yeah. an onion like Emerald. But I had forgotten about that until I watched this May. I, wept. I was like, oh my gosh. And it's just so, and then, so I love that. And then um, they just, they, the Memphis episode like focuses on oh. this one neighborhood in Memphis and how you know they the plot getting my remote this single thing you're gonna love it I can't believe we hadn't talked about it before now it no. focuses on how like you know you drive through a neighborhood and it's full of the little tiny little houses little shotgun houses all in a row yes. and the history behind that is that that's how the slave quarters were built and so you know so it's the 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 theory is about food yeah but it's really telling these amazing amazing stories of these people and the one i was just watching was uh i think in brownsville tennessee home of tina turner and it was focused on this man who has a catfish restaurant and how all of his catfish comes from the lake just down the road it's never frozen he would never have farmed catfish in his restaurant he doesn't believe in that and during the pandemic, when every, you know, when ground beef went through the roof and the price of pork went through the roof, he did not change his prices on his catfish because he feels like it is his duty 
to be able to feed these people and that some people who don't have teeth because you know this is a poor area of the world he makes sure that they have the cut of the catfish that is softest that they have that available to them at a record series true sound all episodes the music so that one of um i was watching the most recent one last night and it was so my boyfriend Wright doesn't appear on camera in all of them he does come on in his voice john t's a little bit of a try hard yeah now and i'll take a try hard over a try not at all any day of the week so i don't mean to be knocking try hards but right is just cool it's so the- i love i know who you're talking about i really do love him they if you watch um aaron and ben napier right was on ben's show and they made a writing desk for old miss together that's where i go. met yeah. the okay. face yeah. of right yeah and i remember thinking gosh i wish he was single he is right up my alley but then and they he- showed his wife he's beautiful and yeah. i can't compete with that and he's already married and i'm not gonna do that so i don't want him that's why i think we should adopt him as a brother yeah that'd be fun too and his voice he's just got voice oh my god but anyway go find that episode though you'll love it okay i will um but anyway it just the music so the most recent episode that that they put out was sort of like a behind the scenes of the whole season yeah and lots of Drew Holcomb music in that episode but but for every episode and you'll see like if you follow them on Instagram or Twitter or whatever they uh like they did an episode in Dublin Georgia and they're like I need some music recommendations for a Dublin episode it's a you know people send in either local artists or songs that have to do with the area so the music in it's just incredible too it's I know it's John the, T has been in Macon. I mean, the barbecue yeah. with fresh um, air, like they fresh do. air and Fingers and all that. Uh-huh. And I know he's done H and H. That okay. So my dream before I left Maconga was to do like to curate a supper club. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can. Maybe when we get real famous with this, yeah, yeah, we can do like a traveling like pop-up like find a local writer or poet to do a reading musician to do the music chef to do the food and then you come and sit at communal tables and have good conversation and good food and make new friends and I mean I think that and, and do it in a fun like weird different location have you, ever, have you ever heard of outstanding in the field i have not so i'm hey, i've heard of have... in making they do a something on the lawn back at the um the the children's home and that's always kind of the same thing that's fun so outstanding in the field you may remember several years ago i posted a really cool picture in front of a giant oyster yes our bed so that was an outstanding in the field dinner. They go all over the world now. Used to all over the country. So I went to a, a dinner at an oyster house in Apalachicola. Mm. Typically they do them in a field, you know, like yeah. a, at a farm. But it's, you know, a local chef prepares yeah. local food. They bring in local beer and or wine, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. So like that, but it's, you know, in fun, really cool locations. Yeah, yeah like so kind of combining that idea with the mm-hmm. art and music. I love that. Right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to steal it now that we're putting it out in the world. But I just, I mean, I think that's the way you build community is around a table. And with things to ponder that are positive, like music and art and um, writing and, and good um, good things to, to talk about. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have the find your people supper club. I think we should. I think we should. Um, So, yeah. So, but then my friend William, uh, my friend Lee's husband, William and I got started talking about true South last summer when they were here and William and I have decided that we're going to do a true South road trip. Oh, in all these places, not all of them. We can't hit all of them, but yeah. In. 
we can rotate those drivers. It's going to be so good. I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't wait. I've seen maybe an episode or two like long, long time ago, but I'm really glad that you've turned me back onto this. I'm following the Gravy Podcast now. You should follow mm-hmm. Wright Thompson and John T on uh, Instagram. Gonna do so that, I will all those things. My when I, in the height of COVID isolation, I was here and the beaches had opened back up, and I was surrounded by people all the time. It was awful. I was about to lose my mind yeah and my friends kevin and mary margaret own a condo in oxford and mary margaret finally texted me she said go to oxford it's the summer there's nobody there you can stay in the condo you can get out of your condo get away from people like go to oxford and i was like done yeah so i drove to oxford spent a glorious week in their condo on the square um i may or may not have driven around stalking John T and Wright, trying to figure out where they live. I know I, I mean, found I'm John not T. Gonna, I'm not going to say out loud that I think that's probably 100% true. It is. I found John T's house, but I, I they were one of the episodes I was just watching, they were talking about how John T lives south of the square and Wright lives north of the square. So the house I had picked out as being Wright's was not Wright's, mm. but I did find John T's house. There we go. And in fact, he was like sitting... me over an Amelia finding, um, it's pretty obvious because it's gigantic. Um, what's the writer, the Southern writers from Mississippi? Oh my gosh. My mind is blank. John Grisham, Grisham has a house on um, Amelia and it's pretty easy to pick out. It's gigantic. He makes yeah. like, a yeah. lot of money. Yeah. So yeah. Anywho, add that to your, you're going to love it. Oh my it. gosh. I'm, I'm so excited cool. because you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do the um, chef's table, mm-hmm. but those things are, those are expensive restaurants, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but they did some in the South and I've been to one of them. I mm-hmm. went to Husk when he still yes. owned it. We um, just had brunch at his new place in Nashville. Oh, Audrey. Gosh, I'm so jealous. God, I'm so, don't make me mad at you. For I going. did eat a $17 slice of tomato. Uh, look. That was a little ridiculous. It is, but look, but it but was, it was a real tomato. Yeah. Um, I want to go to the gray and Savannah so bad. I would, I would be down for that. But those are all my like, friend high, Nancy, like real. My friend Nancy would be down for that too. Expensive, like she lives in Savannah. Listen, I'll spend money at a restaurant. But some of these are like the chef's table ones are all over the world, and I'm, you know, that. look. Are we, Do you not we, know this about me? One of them had one of us has to win the lottery to afford travel to and from some of these places. Well, listen, if all we're gonna do is travel and eat, like that's all I want to do in life. I that's why I work. Forget this ministry stuff. I'm not worried about retirement. <laughs> I can just write books from the road right. about Jesus. I'll live um, in the car with my dog. <laughs> But the the true south thing is very doable, and I'm here mm-hmm. for. Let's it. do it. Let's so do let's it. let's do that. I'm gonna catch up on episodes. Me too. I'm gonna keep watching. Yep, and so because it's recording every episode, not just the new ones, so I'm okay, gonna good. get all of them and good. catch up with you. I'm with the grave. This has been great. You still have one more though. I do have one more. My and I'm so excited favorite. about it. My very favorite thing ever is tomorrow uh, is William Caldwell's 18th birthday. I can't believe it. Me either. Me either. 18 years ago, my sister and I were at a Chick-fil-A in, I can't remember which mall in Nashville, because she got obsessed with returning everything that she had received that had any sort of cartoon character on it. She did not want her child wearing any of that. I don't know why that was her obsession. Okay. And we had to get it all returned before he was born. And we stopped at Chick-fil-A for lunch and she ate two Chick-fil-A sandwiches. She sure did. Well, all right then. Get it, girl. Um, but anyway, so yeah. Uh, 18 years ago tomorrow at about 7.30 in the morning, young William came into this world. And oh, William, he... Uh, they brought him in to meet you. Know, my mom and dad were in there. And so he, everybody's passing him around. He's got his little eyes closed. 
And I don't even remember what I said to him, but as soon as I spoke to that child, he opened those little newborn eyes and looked at me and I have been toast ever since. But I will say he is a very good kid. I'm very proud of what a kind, empathetic human being he is. Um, And he is living his best life and I love to see it and nothing makes me happier than his existence in this world so happy birthday happy birthday Wilbur I love it I love well I've I've seen him on the zoom one time and gotten to talk to him but I live vicariously through you on your trips and um so I feel like I know him. I feel like I know yeah. when he rose and does big things and Going to all Cleveland. kinds of other things in his life I know about. <laughs> um, that I, um, I have the same. I have um, a nephew and three nieces and I adore that boy. Um, and I love the girls. Look, the girls are so fun. They're now into boys and want to talk about boys all the time, which is hilarious. <laughs> But that boy, that nephew of mine, first of all, it was just like my granddaddy and I could not love him more. And I, so I get it, honey. I get it. What a great, great week it'll be for Will for his 18th. He can vote now. I know. I'm so excited. I know. We got to get him voting the right way. That's right. right. So anyway, um, That's great. Well, I am so excited. I'm already plotting my favorites for next week. I'm surprised that you didn't steal one of mine. Oh, well, good. I'm glad I didn't. That I'm going to be using next week. Um, oh, I may or may not be reading poetry. That's all I'm going to say. So uh-huh. I'm very excited. Um, it's going to be a great rest of this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful rest of your week mandy you just take care of that little jenny and y'all feel better and have fun and enjoy girls. everybody being gone from the beach yes amen yes. we get about a month and then they'll all be back but we'll they'll all be back in. but we um we're so excited for to have y'all with us today and um as always brooke just go bang on a table and have a big day we love, love you brooker love you brooker <laughs> <laughs>